Well, I'm Dawn, Dawn Vittle. Today is actually a special day because me and Joe have been married for one year. It's our anniversary. My ass what we did on our anniversary, we really just did a lot of chilling. Uh, we did go on a trip this week though, so like that's where we threw all our celebration. So, um, happy anniversary, Joe. I'm glad to be here, I'm excited. I've never actually given a sermon, like, I've never talked in front of a group for this long. I have probably taught over a thousand lessons for second and third graders. <laughs> but like, I've never talked this long to adults because second graders, like, if your information's like wrong or like, meh, like, didn't land the plane super well, it's just like, whatever, they don't know the difference. But with adults, it can kind of be like, hmm, we're not tracking, or we are, yes, you know, I just, you know. So this is gonna be a new experience for me. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna be talking about joy and intercession today. Um, I've been going to Kingdom Life for going on nine years now, back when I was a little sophomore in college. Um, I feel like throughout the years, the Lord has used his church to really do a lot of inner healing in me. Um, I've got to learn how to hear God's voice for myself, for others. I've learned about original design, who God has made me to be as a daughter. Um, especially in my college years, I grew in my faith a whole lot. And um, the past five years, I decided I was gonna stay in Marion because this is too short, I'm gonna make it a little taller. Uh, the past five years, I've been growing a lot in just what it means to be a leader just in an everyday church. You know, it's not like a campus ministry like what it was before when I was done from Ball State. Um, if you guys didn't know, I used, to go to Ball State. I used to go to Ball State and I was known as Don from Ball State because I came here and I went to Ball State. <laughs> but I was really, really hungry for the Lord to move on my campus. Now moving here to Marion, um, the Lord really moved in my life a lot just as like how to be a leader and where you are. Um, he really used my job as a teacher to teach me how to rely on him, how to be in a place of weakness and still be able to push through, how to be able to hone in on all the emotions that you're feeling and regulate them and be able to lead in confidence. Um, I always wanted to go to a ministry school. I always like wanted to go to Bethel or one of those other flashy like ministry things where you're just like infused with the spirit like all the time. Um, but the Lord throughout my years of being here really just showed me how much just being a part of a community was doing that for me, um, was teaching me on the ground level how to rely on him, um, how to trust him, how to grow in him, how to be a leader for um, the people that he has called me to be a leader for. Um, so why I am passionate about intercession, I don't think I've like always been passionate about intercession. Like in all honesty, I just really feel like I just love the Lord. I just love the presence of God. I love him as my friend. I have felt so weak at so many times in my journey, especially into adulthood, um, that his friendship has really just been the only thing that has felt constant and felt uh, real at times. And so intercession has just been more of an overflow of my love for the Lord. Um, but I do believe that there is a ministry of intercession that God has called me into. And I mean, I believe I've, I've stepped into it. Um, if I had to boil down what it feels like to be an intercessor, one who's like stepped into the ministry of intercession, I really did boil it down. Like there's a lot more than what I'm about to say, but like I tried to boil it down. Um, feeling the heart of God toward a person, group, or situation, and sensing an awareness of a need to pray, releasing that burden through prayer, 
And it's been a blessing because I get to share in God's sorrow over condition of X, Y, Z. And it's a joy to know that he trusts me to pray over those things. Um, I also just feel like as an intercessor, it's a gift because when you are praying from a place of like feeling God's heart for a situation, especially praying for someone else, um, it's just so much more compelling and comforting when someone is like praying for you and they're like weeping over the pain that you're going through because they're able to enter into it with you. Um, than if you're just, you know, like, bless you, bless you, God has good things for you. But like, if you're able to sit in that place with them and feel God's pain for them with full of compassion, um, I just think it's just so much of a joy to be able to like be that person for them. And then you really get to see God through, uh, come through in many prayers that you pray. So today I'm gonna talk a little bit about what intercession is, some biblical examples of intercessors, dive into the purpose and joy of intercession and share some practical ways that we can engage in intercession. And then we're gonna actually like intercede. Like we're gonna do that after this is over. Um, So my opener is I do want to acknowledge that though some may feel a deeper calling to the ministry of intercession than others, we are called as a people of God to be a people of prayer. Um, So as I talk about intercession, I want us to all remember that we are called to be a people of prayer. Romans 12, 12 says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Ephesians 6, 18 says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we are all called to pray as believers, and I want this sermon to hone in on intercession, but I really want us to feel like we can do this. Like, there's not just like, oh, the intercessor group, the people that are on the face of the floor, like, that are feeling all the feelings, like, those are the people that are the real people called to intercession. I really want to have this be an invitation of how we can all engage in this and how we can actually all answer the call to be people of prayer. So we're gonna go over some definitions of what intercession is. And for the bookworms in the world, you guys would enjoy this part. For those that are like, ew, that's boring. Learning, you're just gonna have to just accept it because we're doing it. This is a second grade teacher here. And uh, yeah, we're gonna love it. So we're gonna talk about two different definitions. In the Old Testament, we have a word and it's called palal. And if you know how to pronounce it better, then you can correct me, but that's how I can pronounce it, palal. It means to meditate, no, mediate, judge, to intercede, and to pray. It's used 84 times in the Old Testament. So I want to go into a little bit of the meaning because especially in the Hebrew language, knowing the meaning behind the words gives the act so much more significance. Um, So one of the words meaning to pray and can be translated as intercede is palal. It's from the parent root P-L, just the letters P-L, which literally means speak to authority. The parent root letters being the picture of a mouth and the picture of a staff, the mouth in this case representing speaking and the staff meaning authority. The parent root pal also has the meaning fall. Palau literally means to fall to the ground in the presence of one in authority to plead a cause. It's like a really long definition, but when we think intercession, all those pictures should be coming to our mind. 
This word palel also means judgment. And at first when I read about this, I was like, I'm gonna skip over that because no one wants to hear about judgment. And as I continued to, to really dive into it, I'm like, no, this is gold right here. So we're gonna just learn a little bit more about this word. It means judgment. If anyone had a grievance in the Old Testament, they would go to speak to authority, which was the judge, to obtain the justice they were looking for. The ancient Hebrew concept of a judge is one who restores life. The goal of that one judge or one who rules is to bring a pleasant and righteous life to the people. So present day, when we think of judges and judgment, we often think of condemnation and punishment for the offender. Whereas in the Old Testament, the concept of a judge or judgment is actually a positive outcome for the one pleading um, as the victim. It's justice being served in favor of the one who is victimized. So the judgment is determined out of the pleading. The prayer that we pray as intercession is the pleading and God acting in a positive manner is the action brought about. So this whole definition shifts our view of intercession away from empty pleads that we feel like we have to kind of make happen ourselves because the judge is like, kind of like not really willing to answer our prayers um, over into a picture of a God who is willing, wanting and waiting to move through our prayers and act on our behalf in a positive way. So God is waiting to do miracles. He's wanting to do miracles. He's a judge who longs to bring about justice in the world. The other word that we see in the New Testament is the word entonkano. And I don't know if I'm saying that right. Bill, if you know how to say this word, it means to intercede. Entong, I have it written how to pronounce it. It still doesn't look like I don't even know how to pronounce it. Entonkano. It means to light upon a person or a thing, fall in with, hit upon a person or a thing, to go to a person, especially for the purpose of conversation, consultation, or supplication, to pray, entreat, make intercession for anyone. So this is more of the common way that we will use it. A lot of times when you see in the New Testament, this is a little bit simpler of a meaning and but I just feel like what's significant is just like the consultation the conversation like when we come to intercede it's not just like God give us this but it's like a full-blown conversation like there's a whole relationship there that's being built as we then ask for things it's a part of a relationship so here are some biblical mentions of intercessors in the Old Testament in the Old Testament, we see Moses act as intercessor many times in Exodus. There were so many moments when the Lord was going to smite that people because they would disobey so often. And Moses, who had favor with God, he spoke to God as a friend. He was able to go to the Lord and act on their behalf in prayer, and God would often, well, he did every time, spare um, the people of Israel. Other Old Testament examples of intercessors would be Samuel, who was a judge. Um, and even in 1 Samuel, we see that word palau, um, 1 Samuel 12, 23, far be it from me to sin against Adonai by ceasing to pray palau for you. Rather, I will continue instructing you in the good and right way. And then we also see David. He has many documented prayers of intercession in the book of Psalms. And Nehemiah, who has a famous prayer of intercession for the people um, in Israel in the first chapter of his book. All of these people were people who engaged with God in prayer and saw the Lord do mighty things on behalf of those people, the people of Israel. 
In the New Testament, we see an example um, in the person of Anna. She was a prophetess who was widowed when she was, after she was married for about seven years, she was widowed and then she went to the temple and it says that she never left the temple. She prayed there day and night until Jesus came when he was just a baby and she recognized him. The Holy Spirit like lighted upon her that that was the Messiah. Um, we also see in Acts 12, we see Peter is put in prison for doing the ministry that he was called to do. And uh, it says the church was earnestly praying for him and then God miraculously freed Peter by way of an angel coming. And I think it's just super important because you could have just had like in the story that uh, Peter was put in prison and then angel saved him because God, you know, he's not gonna let Peter just die in there. But like, it was very significant. And like, even in my Bible, it's like space. There was like a very significant line where it just said, the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So all these things are to just encourage us to know that like God has been wanting to work with his people since the time of the Israelites and before that, um, even up until now, he always wants to partner with his people to do good things, to bring about justice as the definition of Palau tells us. So all of these people point to the ultimate example of an intercessor who is Jesus. Jesus. I knew it, you guys knew it, good job. Um, we see the most significant prayer of intercession that Jesus prays during his earthly life in John 17. And I'm gonna read that for you because it's just beautiful. So open your listening ears. But now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. We also see Jesus acting as intercessor. So that was before he died and rose again. We see him act as intercessor after he dies and rises again. It says in Romans 8, 34, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. And then even beyond that, in Hebrews 12, 20, 12 24, it says, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And when I was kind of looking at this verse and I felt like this was really important to include, I was like, okay, God, why do I wanna, why is this important to include? Um, I think I sometimes ask like, God, are you literally always talking to the Father? Like Jesus, are you literally always talking to the Father, praying for all the stupid things that I'm doing? Like, are you always doing that? Like he might be, he probably is, but like I also like wonder like, how does heaven work? I don't know. Um, but when I read this verse, I just felt like the Lord really highlighted the blood of Jesus as the substance of intercession. Um, and like even recently I had a dream where like in the dream one of my students was like manifesting a demon and I uh, couldn't say the name of Jesus but I was like I bind you in the like for some reason in my dreams I can't say the name of Jesus which is like probably a problem and I don't know why but I was like Lord like why was he bound because after I said like I bind you and I wasn't even able to finish the sentence um, 
the, the demon just like reads in pain and the student came back to like himself and I was able to talk to him and pray with my student in my dream. This didn't happen in real life, this is my dream. And I was like, God, like, why was I able to bind the spirit in that boy? And he was like, because the blood of Jesus that's covering you is speaking in authority. I'm like, oh, okay. So like the blood of Jesus, those who are covered in the blood of Jesus, are covered in the intercession, the very substance of intercession for our sins. Um, so that just was amazing when I was able to have that revelation. Um, I'm gonna move into now a time of purpose and joy of intercession. So we've talked about the different definitions, we've talked about some biblical examples, we've talked about Jesus being the big intercessor in our lives, and now we're gonna talk about the purpose and joy of intercession. So the first thing that I felt like the Lord was highlighting, there's lots of purposes, so I'll get that out. There's lots of purposes for intercession, um, but I felt the first one that the Lord was highlighting um, was for peace in everyday life. First Timothy 2, 1 through 2, says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Why is intercession need to accomplish this goal? So um, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so intercession is a method to war against the ever-present enemy, the enemy of our souls, and the everyday lives that we lead. So if we take away the supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving, one could say that the opposite would occur chaotic, unrestful, and shameful, sinful lives. On a small scale, maybe you've experienced these kinds of things if you've not been in prayer for a while. I know that even this week, I was on social media a lot more than I was in prayer, I'll just be honest. And like, I felt like I was in a vulnerable state for the enemy to mess with my emotions. I like, had to repent a few times because I felt the chaos go on that occurs when you are not in prayer with the Lord. Um, so maybe on a small scale, you have felt those things. In that case, that's why it's important to pray for all people because he does care about the everyday peace that we live in. Um, but then also on the larger scale, it says to pray for those, the kings and those who are in high positions um, because on a large scale, we can see the havoc that is wreaked when there is a lack of prayer in a nation. If you just look on the news, if you look on social media, there is absolute chaos going in our nation. And I, I believe it's to due to a lack of prayer in our nation. This is not a judgment. This is like just an awareness, an observation. Um, so it's important that we pray for these leaders because they are in charge of those bigger situations and they are in charge of creating laws and regulations that shape the values and behavioral norms of a people group. And so when I say like when we pray for a peaceful and quiet life, I don't actually mean like pray for like no problems to ever occur. Um, I just felt like the Holy Spirit is like, when we intercede, we pray for that inner peace. We pray for that quietness in our spirit where there's no loud voices warring within us. Um, to be able to stand like in a dignified way in our everyday lives and face the challenges with strength. Um, so just to clarify, when we are praying for peace and quiet, it's not just like in a meadow where no one else is. Um, it's, it's in the, the nation that we live in. We can still exist in peaceful, quiet lives. The second thing I felt like the Lord said, like well, how we find joy in intercession, um, is it is a refining and a purifying process. Psalm 119, 
71 through 72, says, It was good for me to be afflicted, so that I might learn your decrees. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Um, me personally, I'm one of those people that just feel a lot of things, and it's like, a, like I said, it's a gift because you get to feel the heart of God. You can feel the pain of people and be able to act in uh, compa- compassion, um, but it can also feel like re- a lot. Um, and so for me, especially even being in my job as a teacher and trying to engage in a, a battle, a spiritual battle almost every day when going to work, being able to go to the Lord in prayer, especially um, prayer for the people that I'm praying for and like over my own heart. Um, I feel like God has taught me to obey him even in the midst of those feelings and being able to surrender that heaviness, surrender those things that are on my heart and weighing on me. And in return, he like returns my joy in a greater way than if like it was just absent. Um, I felt like going through the battles that I have the last five years have taught me to rely on the Lord, and there's been greater joy in winning the battles with the Lord than it would be to have not ever engaged at all. Um, So yeah, the third thing that I have seen joy in when interceding um, is the joy of being able to partner with God to see the captive set free. Um, If I had to like find a verse that like encompasses the feeling of joy in intercession, it would be this, in John 16, 20 to 22, Um, It says, truly, truly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will be turned to joy. Whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come. But when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child has, has been born into the world. Therefore, you too have grief now, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away from you. So just a story where I felt like this um, was a clear example, Um, probably three-ish years now, um, there was a day when I had woken up from a dream that was just filled with shame. Um, specifically, it was filled with sexual sin that was going on in my dream, not like in my life at the time, just in the dream. Um, but like, to be honest, it was reminding me of sexual sin that had happened like many, many years before. And so that night we were about to be leading worship, me and Brandon were at my house, and I was like, God, I feel so like, ugh. like, you know, like I just could not shake it. Um, and so I went on a run. And that's where I do a lot of my praying. So if you guys like want a good prayer place, that's a great place. Um, I went on a run and I was like, Lord, like, why did I have that dream? And he's like, I didn't give that dream to you, number one. So let's establish this. Like, I don't give those kinds of dreams to you. But now you know how it feels for all the kids in the campus right across the street for you who are suffering from shame you're able to actually engage in prayer for them in a stronger way. And so all the kids that are coming to your house tonight, you have the opportunity to be able to intercede for them and see some people set free. So later on that night, uh, me and Brandon were in the middle of the worship session, him and I were leading, and there was this course that came out of me that was absolutely not me. It's like those moments sometimes as a worship leader where you had a spontaneous moment and you're like, wow, this is Holy Spirit, not me. Um, and I just was singing and I was like, in years ago or yesterday, everything's covered in grace. And it just really resonated with the people. Like people were like, yeah, like that was just such like a resonant um, line in our worship time 
And so then we, during that time, we got to like pray for people. I shared like kind of the experience I'd had earlier in the day. And a lot of people like were able to like pray with the people that were around them and confess some sin that they'd had. And so like right there, that was the joy. I was like, wow, I had a really sucky morning. Not gonna lie, but this makes it all worth it. And then even a few weeks later, um, I had finished the song, added more things onto it and finished the song. And Brandon and I led at Awaken, which is a campus ministry at Iowa. And I was like, this song is for, for y'all. Like, this song was written for you guys. Um, and so after leading the song, I was able to, like, do, like, an altar call or, like, a hand raise for freedom. And I've never done that before. So I was like, all the hands that went up after I was, like, making that call was like, wow, so many people are struggling with this. And now so many people are getting set free. I'm like, this is so awesome. Um, and that was the Lord being able to give me the joy out of something that was really uncomfortable um, and what felt like a burden, maybe felt like labor to birth that song, um, but it set so many people free. It was totally worth it. I really identify with the woman who is now full of joy because of the child she has been given. Um, so now we're going to move into some practical ways that we can intercede. I have a really long list but you don't have to do all of these things. These are ideas, and I'm not gonna go into super detail about what they are. You can just read between the lines and see if you can make them happen in your life. Um, so number one, the first way you can come to prayer room. It happens every Friday at 5 p.m. You can come to prayer room. Um, I absolutely love prayer room, and I feel like it was on the Lord's heart to start it about two and a half years ago. Um, and I'm not like one to like start things forever, but I felt like this was from the Lord. And so like when the Lord gives me an assignment, I feel like, okay, I can do it because he said to do it. And that's just what I'm going to do until he says not to. Um, I personally have felt so much freedom and to be able to release burdens that I'm carrying throughout the week into that place. It's like you put all your feelings in a box and then you go in the prayer room and then you get to pray them out. It's amazing. Um, it's been a really healthy rhythm. So if maybe you're someone who's like, wow, I feel like overwhelmed a lot and I never have an outlet, like that is a beautiful time for you to be able to release the burdens on your heart to the Lord um, and actually get to like engage in prayer and make change for the things that are burdening you. Um, the next one is liturgy slash prayer apps. I can name like three or four if you want a few to name. I'm not gonna do that right now. You can come see me. Um, but me and Joe both use different prayer apps um, to kind of help give us words to pray when we don't really feel like inspired by anything in particular or we feel, feel just weak in our own hearts. Um, liturgies, scripted prayers, as long as your heart is engaged, are just as powerful as words you can come up with. Um, praying, journaling, and singing scriptures. So the Psalms are great because they are so full of emotion and so full of so many different situations. Singing, praying, journaling those scriptures is an amazing way. A lot of times when I'm like journaling scriptures, I will like journal the scripture and on the right side, I'll like transpose it into a prayer for maybe something more specific. Like, I'm not gonna give you an example, but you can read between the lines on that one. I'll just kind of translate, okay, this line says this, this is how I'm gonna use it to craft a prayer for a situation in my life or in others' lives that I know. Um, the next one is a prayer wall. So if you're like 
into artsy things, this might be the one for you, where you get to like make one side like the prayer list and the other side the answered list. And there is joy in that scientifically, like there is a dopamine, a mini dopamine rush when you like check off things on a list or like move things from like the undone to the done side of a wall. So there's joy spiritually and there's joy physically when you make a prayer wall. Um, setting reminders on your phone to pray. If you're one who like has a hard time being on a schedule, set a reminder on your phone. And it doesn't have to be like set a reminder on your phone and then fall on your face and cry and like, you know, but like even on your phone, you can just make on the notification like, Lord, I pray for our nation. That's it, you know, or Lord, I pray for Sydney. That's it. <laughs> um, I just think it's a beautiful way to just Constantly keep yourself reminded of the things that you want to see God do. Uh, what do we have next? Start a regular prayer time with your family, roommates, or friends. Um, so when I was in college, I actually had a group of ladies that I lived with, and every single day from Monday through Friday, we met at 8 a.m., and we prayed literally every day for a whole year during those five days. And that like never happens like with people in college because all your schedules are so crazy, but it just happened that they all worked. Um, and I will say like, I've probably not experienced so much bonding with a set of roommates than I did with that set because we prayed together every single day. So the joy came through being able to like connect with my people and not feel alone um, when praying for the things that were on my heart. Um, yeah, so that's an option. If you don't have people that you live with, you can organize prayer meetings within a time frame that works for your friends. So there's no limitations there. Um, my go-to is I turn on prayer sets. Another one I do is I turn on prayer sets from either Upper Room or IHOP or Bethel. This is a super great way to engage in prayer that you don't have to come up with, or maybe you're like, I'm not a musician. I don't know how to like, you know, pray with the background music. Like I, you don't have to. Actually, there's like whole prayer sets on um, the internet that are available for you to engage with. Um, doing prayer walks and prayer runs. I do believe that there is like a spiritual connection between like moving your body um, and praying into the things of God's heart. Like for me, that's when the emotions start to come out. Like when I'm running, like I actually get to process like the things that I am feeling throughout my days. And that's where they get to come out in prayer as well. Um, another one is dancing. Some of you guys are like, no, that's not for me, but it's extremely biblical. In the Old Testament, singing and dancing were like an integral part of the ministering to the Lord in the temple. And so it may not be for you, but it could be. It could be. It doesn't even have to be like the beautiful dancing that we see here up on the worship Sundays that's like the emotional dancing. Like I feel like there is joy to be had in our session of like turning on Christian pop music or if you're into rap. Like I really believe that dancing brings joy because like your body is like not sitting in the depths of despair. You're like moving your body and you're pushing back the darkness. This is also like my second grade teacher coming out sometimes when I'm like, just like really stressed, I'll like start getting stressed and then we start to sing and then come on guys, let's dance. And like, it's just a fight. It's a fight against the evils that are swirling around sometimes in our classroom. Dancing can look ridiculous, but I believe it's powerful. Um, 
And my last one is praying in tongues. So maybe some of you guys do not have a prayer language, but um, when Paul tells us to be praying constantly, it can feel like, what do I really have to pray all the time? Like when I'm just going throughout my day, there's a lot of times when I'm just like praying in tongues and I have no idea what I'm exactly praying for. But like I do know I'm edifying my spirit. I do know I'm like praying the spirit, the, the will of the spirit for whatever situation is going on. And it's a way where you can connect your spirit but not feel like I have to like stop, think, say. It's just your spirit gets to engage in whatever the Lord would have you engage with. So those are some practical ways that you can engage um, in intercession. If there is one that stands out to you, can you raise your hand? We're gonna get some crowd participation. Is there one from this list that you're like, yes, I'm gonna try that out this week. Come on, Quinn, just the dancing one for you. It was the dancing one for you. Yep. Sydney, the, the prayer wall, yes, yes. Can I put sticky notes on it? Okay. <laughs> um, and again, like my shameless plug is to come to prayer room because I feel like there is a huge power in coming together um, as a body of believers. Like one, because it's just powerful, like the more people you get, you know, the more spirit that gets to connect. But then also like those who are feeling burdened, like don't have to feel alone. Um, yeah, so we're actually going to move into a time of intercession. So Tyler, you can come up. The way that we're going to do this, I like thought about a few different ways, but we're going to actually engage with the Lord all together in intercession. Um, I want you guys to pair up in like groups of three or four. So you guys can kind of do that right now. And I know you have to talk to people that are next to you, but this is a great time to get to know the people that are in your church. So three or four, give you like a second to find your prayer group. Guys, get to shake off the cobwebs of talking to people next to you in church. You good? Yep. This is so much better than my second graders. If this was second graders, I would have to be so much more involved in creating your groups. You guys did such a good job. <laughs> you guys like turned so well into your groups. Amazing. Okay, so we're going to talk about three different prayer points. If we don't get to all of them, that's fine, but I'm going to share with what the Lord um, put on my heart to pray for tonight and just in general. Things that actually have been on my heart for a long time. Um, I feel like the first, the first one I felt like the Lord was highlighting um, was for a spirit of adoption to raise up in the body of Christ. Um, not just because of the events that have been happening this week, but like not in reaction to that. Like I actually feel like for a long time, the Lord has been wanting to move um, in raising up mothers and fathers in the church um, and just literal like people to adopt babies that need homes, um, children that need homes. Um, the second thing is I feel like the Lord um, wanted us to pray for our county um, maybe you guys don't know all the bad things that go on, but if you want to know even like a little sliver, you can just talk to Joe for five minutes and you'll be like, I'm going to prayer room. Yes, yes, we need to go to prayer room. 
Um, yeah, but the, the short of end of it is there is so much fatherlessness in our own county. There is a lot of drug abuse in our county, um, a lot of overdoses that lead to death in our county, a lot of domestic violence that happens in our county, a lot of poverty, a lot of mental health, a lot of problems. Um, so I just feel like the Lord wants us to pray for that. And then the last thing is I felt like the Lord wanted us to prepare for the harvest. So this is an exciting thing, um, but I felt like the Lord said like to me and has been speaking to me, like, are my people ready for the harvest that's coming? Like, are we ready to disciple a generation of people who are extremely mentally ill and extremely confused? Are we ready to disciple a group of people that have no idea what it really means to follow Jesus? Um, and for me, it's been like, okay, am I ready? Like, first of all, but like as a body, like are we ready when there are hundreds of people that are wanting to come to the Lord? I don't know what context this will be, but like are we ready? I felt like the Lord is wanting to prepare his body for the harvest of souls that are going to come and need to be discipled by believers. So we're actually just going to turn to our groups and pray for those three things. We're going to first start by praying for um, a spirit of adoption to raise up. So you guys can go ahead and Pray into that, and I will let you know when we're going to move on to the next one.
Holy Spirit, we just pray for your spirit of adoption to flood the church. We ask that you would raise up sacrificial lovers of you, Jesus, to be able to take on the call. Lord, we pray for the mothers that are struggling in this decision to uh, put their babies in the hands of others. Lord, we just pray for your body of Christ to care for the widows and the orphans of this nation, God. We open our hearts to receive your commission, God, to love the widows and the orphans of the world, God. Would you lead us in that? Okay, we're going to move into a time of praying for our county now. Um, so again, some of the issues that our county is facing is a drug epidemic, overdosing, domestic batteries. Um, a lot of hatred going on in our county. So you guys can go ahead and pray for that for a little bit.
God, we ask that your spirit would be poured out on Grant County. Would the blood of Jesus cover this county? Would you bring into this county your truth, your righteousness? Lord, would your love and your grace fill the hearts of the burdened and the poor? Lord, would we be the hands and feet to bring your gospel to a broken county, a broken group of cities that need you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right, lastly, we're going to pray for the harvest. We're going to pray for the church to be prepared for this harvest of many different kinds of people. You can go ahead and pray for that.
Father, we plead before you. Almighty judge, good and faithful judge, we ask that you would prepare your bride to receive the children that you are calling home, to receive the brokenhearted and the weary. Lord, would you strengthen our hearts and our minds? Would you increase our capacity, Lord, as your church to receive those that you are bringing to yourself? We just ask for your mighty hand to be on our nation, on our county, in this church, God. Would you build us up as a people of prayer? Would you build us up as people who are just in love with you, Jesus, who want to commune with you, who want to know your heart, every part of it, the good and the hard things, God. We want to know your heart. We want to carry your burdens with you, not because you need us, but because we love you. We want to engage in your heart, Jesus. We pray for an increase in this next season of prayer warriors to come. Come out of this church and surrounding churches. We just pray for a spirit of unity to come between churches, to come together to pray and to cry out for you, God, to move in our county. Yeah, Lord, we we receive your love and your grace. We thank you, God. We thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Does anyone feel more joy now than they did at the beginning of the sermon? Raise your hand if you feel just a slightly more sense of joy after interceding for other people. Great. Good job. You guys just, you guys just received a Don Biddle lesson that, you know, I had to do the, you know, the assessment at the end to see really how effective that was. Um, thank you so much for uh, listening to my first sermon ever. I'm going to hand it off to Nicholas and uh, give me grace. Give me grace.